So we are continuing uh, this message series we, we started several weeks ago as we are kind of looking at Galatians chapter 5 and working our way through the different fruits of the Spirit. Um, and again, our, our base passage for this series uh, is found in Galatians chapter 5, uh, verses 15 through, or 16 through 26. So if you have your Bible with you, I invite you to open with me to Galatians chapter 5. If you're with us in person, there are Bibles provided for you in the seats. You're welcome to use if you don't have your own. You'll notice the page numbers are included there where you can find this passage in those Bibles. If you're with us online, we're glad to, glad to have you as well. You can grab your Bible and follow along or just listen as I read it. But this passage in Galatians chapter 5, uh, starting at verse 16, where it says, So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. And then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you are not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under obligation to the law of Moses. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. And since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Let us not become conceited or provoke one another or be jealous of one another. Now, as we read this passage again, and by this point in the series, this should be pretty familiar, right? This, you should be hearing these words and be like, oh yeah, I already know this, right? We read this over and over. But there's a reason why we're reading it over and over, because we want it to become very familiar. Right? Because really what's described here is really the, the very foundation of our faith. I mean, it is the gospel message, right? There are these two forces in our own hearts and minds, right, that are constantly in battle. There is our sinful nature, and there is living by the Spirit. And when we receive Christ our Savior, when we join the journey of faith, right, when we pray and ask him into our life and confess our sin and receive his love and his grace and his forgiveness for the first time, that's where, again, we, we are transformed by his spirit because we receive his spirit along with that salvation. And it's not just salvation, but we get that relationship with our God rekindled right through that, that moment, through that prayer of confession and receiving him as our, into our life. And then once we receive the Holy Spirit, living us then starts this battle, this transformation process that is described in these passages. Right? Of, of God's Spirit becoming more and more, and, and my own spirit, my selfishness, everything that's in that list, right, gets to, becomes less and less. And that's what our spiritual journey is all about. Right? Is growing in that transformation process, becoming more and more like God every day. In fact, when we look at these lists, that's what we see, right? That's what the second list is. It's the characteristics of God. It's who he is, right? It's in God's nature. And yet, as we look at the, the other list, right, the bad fruits list in verses 19 through 21, it's all actions, 
Right? It's, our, it's our, our actions that we live out our sinful nature, right? And a life apart from God. And yet, as, as we continue to be transformed by God's Spirit, right, then those characteristics of God get, start to come out in us, right? As our hearts and our minds are, are changed by God's power and by His Spirit. And, and then we see, right, a big part of that spiritual journey is described in verses 24 and 25, of nailing that sinful fruit to the cross and, and crucifying it, killing it, right, leaving it there so that it gets, gets transformed out of our life, right? We transition us more and more into um, what's described in this, our theme verse, right, the verse 25 of this passage we just read, that since we are living by the Spirit, we will follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Again, the premise of this verse, right, even of this passage, is that we are living by the Spirit of God. And again, that starts when you receive Christ your Savior. So again, if you're here today and you've never received Christ your Savior, you've never invited him into your life, received his grace, forgiveness for the first time, we're glad you're here, we're glad you're listening, whether it's here or online, but that's the first step of your journey, right? That's, that's the, the prerequisite to this verse, is that you are now living by the Spirit. Because once you are a committed follower of Jesus, right, and receive him in your life, then you are now, have the Holy Spirit living inside of you, and now we will follow the Spirit's leading in every part of your life. Right, and this is the key, all right, every part. Not just on Sunday morning, right, not just when it's convenient, not just when, when it benefits me, right, but every time, every part, every decision, every day, Every conversation, right? That is our goal, to, to follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. And that's really what we hear as we've been studying these different character traits. We see that, that if, these are, if these traits are truly happening in our heart and in our mind, right, that, that it will affect our actions and, and that we will then reflect God to this world. Right? And we will be more like Him as we move forward in this transformation process that we call the spiritual journey. Again, we've been looking at each of the different ones. We started with, with love, as Pastor Brian started this series, right? And we, we, he looked at the different kinds of love. And then we looked at, at joy and peace and kind of how those are kind of connected in different ways and as they play out in our life. Um, and then last week I gave you this, the message on patience. And, and I, I'm excited to see that you came back today because last week's sermon was not the most encouraging one, right? I really felt like I'm like, wow, I just stood up there and be like, well, you know, be ready to suffer. Have a good week, right? But yet, as we see, that's just, I mean, it's a powerful way towards growth, right? And now, now as we move from patience, we move on now to the next two. We're going to cover two of them today, kindness and goodness. And these are just like joint peace, are, are pretty connected. They, in fact, the, these two words are actually interchanged in the New Testament, depending in, in different translations. So, sometimes they are translated as kindness, sometimes as goodness. They are kind of interchanged in different ways. But there are, there are two very distinct different Greek words that are, just, are used here. So again, we're going to look at the, the, the first one, the first one that we're going to look at today, the fruit of kindness. Hey, the Greek word that's used, again, in Galatians 5, that, that's translated in the NLT as kindness is the word krestotes. Okay, now this, this word, again, is, is defined as, as usefulness, excellence in character or demeanor, gentleness, goodness, or kindness. Now, we see, again, this, this word, there's, um, again, very, very specifically, right, is a character trait. 
And we see that this is moving, right? Again, it's not um, wrongfully translated as goodness, right? Or kindness or gentleness. I mean, they're all kind of played into that. In fact, many ways um, throughout the New Testament, especially in the King James Version, a lot of times other than this verse, in the King James Version, this Greek word is translated as gentleness most commonly. Okay, um, but yet, it, again, it, it's a different connotation. Okay, the connotation of this word, now again, the, the next Greek word we're going to look at is, is translated often as gentleness as well. But the difference between this one okay, is that this word focuses specifically on your inner motivations. Okay, now, these are all character traits, but this one most, most specifically focuses on what is happening in your heart and in your mind. Okay, notice in the definition, in fact, I encourage you to underline it, right, where it says excellence in character or demeanor. Okay, again, this is a very inward-focused characteristic. Okay, this is the state of your heart, the state of your mind, okay, is one of kindness. Now, just like we saw last week with patience, okay, that God absolutely leads the way with this character trait. In fact, as we look at these different kind of points or, or aspects of kindness that we learn throughout, through God's word, we'll see that all of these describe who God is, right? And even how God interacts with us. He is incredibly kind. Okay, we receive God's kindness from God more than we even realize. Which leads to the very first kind of point I want to point out about kindness, and that is that kindness always benefits the recipient. Okay, it's not self-serving at all. It always benefits the recipient. Okay, again, it's, it's about what somebody else receives. And even when you think about our relationship with God, right, is that what do we receive from God? I mean, God loves us more than we could ever imagine. Right? No matter how much we push him away, no matter how much we slap in his face, no matter how much we give in to the first list right, in the, in, in the, of those fruits, no matter all those kinds of things, God is still loving and he's still incredibly kind about it. And God's kindness absolutely benefits us, right? The recipient of God's kindness. That we see in Colossians 3, verse 12, it says, Since God shows you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Again, this is a very familiar list by now, isn't it? Right, it's a similar list here in Colossians that he gives us in Galatians, and we see there's all these different character traits, again, that comes out about God, okay, but yet, we, as we see this, again, kindness is, is kind of right in the middle of this one, okay, and, and yet, when we, when we see this, notice um, what's the point of this passage. As it, as, it, as it points out all these different characteristics of God, what's the premise? It starts with God chose you. In fact, I encourage you to circle that in that verse. Never forget that fact. God chose you. Again, even when we push him away, right? even when we tell God we don't want him, right? even when we completely reject it or do the opposite of what he wants us to do, God still chooses you. He still loves you. Right? He still pursues you. He, he leaves the 99 to find you when you're the one because he's incredibly kind. God chooses you. 
right? And I think we see that when this kindness comes out in us as well, right? Because we receive that from God and as it comes out, again, it doesn't benefit us at all, right? It's always centered and focused on the recipient of the kindness. And the next aspect we see of kindness is that kindness um, it gives what isn't earned. That it gives what isn't earned. Again, it's, it's like grace in this way, in a lot of ways, right? That, that again, it's, it's something that, that we don't earn. Now, the reality is, right, that God does not keep score with you. He's still kind. Right? And yet, this is kind of different because the reality is we always keep score, don't we? Right, we do. You look at our world. That's the way our world works. We always keep score, right? You get what you earn. It, it, as many of you know, right, every, every winter we run a, a three- to five-year-old soccer league here at our church. We call it mini bikes, right? It's kind of one of our outreach, some things we do for our community. Okay, we have, you know, these, these little kids come and play soccer. And kind of one of the, one of the ways that we run mini bikes is, the, is we purposely do not keep score. Right, most of these kids, right, there's their first team experience, right, they're kind of going in against soccer is a very loose term, right, they, they come in, they run around, they kick the ball, right, and, and some, some of them kick it the wrong way, and they, you know, they, some of them like to hold hands and dance more than they play soccer, right, there's all kinds of interesting things that happen in minibikes, and yet, we, personally, we do not keep score, and yet, I guarantee you, if you ask any parent as they're leaving after the game, they know what the score was. They know we don't keep it, we don't talk about it, we don't, you know, but they know, right, because our world keeps score. Right, and it's not just when it comes to sports. I mean, I think yeah, this applies in so many different ways in our lives, isn't it? In fact, if you look at, we, like, we always keep score, right? We have people who are like, oh, that's a point. Oh, that's a deduction. Right? In fact, every kind of marriage counseling, like Bible study, those kind of things, talks about the ways that men and women keep score differently. Okay, and I'll just tell you guys, it's not good for us, right? Now it's Mother's Day, I'm not going to go down that road, but, okay, but we, we always keep score. And yet when we look at kindness, the reality is that kindness doesn't keep score, right? It doesn't give what is earned. In Titus 3, verses 4 through 5, it says, When God our Savior revealed his kindness and love, he saved us, not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He washed away our sins, giving us a new birth and a new life through the Holy Spirit. I mean, this is the most foundational thing about our faith, about the gospel message, the fact that you cannot earn your salvation. You receive it through God's grace by faith because he is incredibly kind. And by the way, we don't want God to keep score. Right? That doesn't turn out so good for us. Right? And yet God in his kindness, he still sent Jesus even though we push him away. Right? He still loves us even when we wander. Right? He still purchased our salvation and restored a relationship with him even though we still shake our finger at God and say, God, I don't care and I don't want you. And yet God is still kind because he doesn't keep score. Right? And he is so gracious and so loving. And yet so many times in our lives, right, as we strive to be like God, we still want to keep score. Right? But kindness doesn't give what's earned. 
We continue to be kind, right, even when people don't deserve it. And again, but why? Why do we continue to do that? Well, because kindness also desires a lasting change. It's not just kind to be nice, right? But it's ultimately to, to kind so that we still have a relationship and we can still experience love, right? And, and show them what real love is and all these other things, right? So that it desires a change in us. Again, God is kind in that he loves us exactly the way we are. But he's also in that kindness is he doesn't want us to stay there. He wants us to grow. He wants us to be transformed, to be more like him, to to, to be better tomorrow than I am today, right, in our faith and and in our life and in in living by the Spirit. Kindness keeps it close so that we can bring true, lasting change, so that we can be made holy like he is holy. In Romans 2, verses 3, And four, it says, so since you judge others for doing these things, why do you think you can avoid God's judgment when you do the same things? Don't you see how wonderfully kind, tolerant, and patient God is with you? Does this mean nothing to you? Can't you see that his kindness is intended to turn you from your sin? Again, as we we look at, at the kindness of God, right, like I said, he he, he loves us where we are, but he doesn't want to leave us the same. You know, over and over again, we saw Jesus interact with people. He met them in their sin, right? He entered into their sin with them, just like he did with us to, uh, to pay for it, forgive us, but then to move us away from that life of sin. Right? Over and over and over again, Jesus told people he interacted with, leave your life of sin. Be transformed by God's Spirit. Right? And yet, he was incredibly kind. Right? He enters into our mess right? and just starts to clean it up. And again, as we see that incredible kindness from God, then, then we should as well take that same place, right? that we can enter into people's lives in a kind way, and yet with the hope and intention that we, they find Christ. Right, and that they too receive the Holy Spirit, not just for their salvation, but for the transforming power of his spirit to make them holy, just like we're being made holy, and we're being holy to be like Christ. And yet so many times, though, when we live, even live the love of Christ, and we try to do that, we don't do it by being kind. Right, in, in fact, I'll, I'll tell you, when we look at our world today and the, the whole discussion about human sexuality in our culture right now is a place where we have messed this up. If you talk about, you know, look at, again, LBGTQ issues, and I think even those, if you bring that up to say is that most LBGTQ people do not like the church. But the reason they don't like the church is not because of our theology or our position. Okay, the reason that they don't like the church is because we are incredibly mean to them. Right? And because we are hypocritical. It's exactly what these verses call out. Right? And, and to say that, again, God's kind to us. Right? And he wants to find, bring lasting change in us, to be transformed, us, to be more like his spirit. And, and yet that's true for every person. Right? Regardless of what sin they're caught up in. 
And yet, when it, especially when it comes to LBGTQ issues as the church, we have messed up, church. I am calling us out. And it is not about our position. Right? We have messed up our posture towards them. Okay, and our reputation is terrible. And yet we've, God is so incredibly kind to us. And yet can we do that for others? Right, because the reality is our world is not a kind place, right? We know that. It's not. In fact, just look at our culture and our world and we know, right, people are continuing to be more and more mean. Right, and yet we should be leading the way in kindness, right? It should, we should, it should stand out. Right, in fact, that's the next thing we learned about kindness in God's word, right, is that kindness speaks very loudly. Right, in fact, the more mean our world gets, the louder kindness speaks. Again, I'm not talking about volume, right? But I'm just talking about how much it will stand out in our world and in our culture if we actually are kind to people the way that God is kind to us. And I don't know about you, but I know just even in our valley, in the last years that we've been here, just, and we know, right, the valley's growing, people are moving in, and with, with more people comes more traffic, right? And, I, and I'll, I'm confessing, right, there are times we, in sitting in traffic to turn out and it like, should go, right, that I don't because there's a car coming, and when you pull out and you make, get in there, right, if they come up behind you, you never know what they're going to do. Right, I feel like through that, I, you know, you, you pull in and, you know, they would just maybe have to slow up a little bit, right? I, and again, I've experienced this, right? You pull out, right, and it's high, and if you don't, then you're blocking other people. You pull out, right? They, if they have to slow down at all, people, they start honking their horn. They start, start telling you you're number one. They start shouting stuff at you. They start freaking out, right? Behind, like you can see this happening in your rearview mirror. Am I the only one? And to say that, again, I'll tell you, I have not purposely not pulled out when I could have, right? Because I'm worried about what the person's going to do behind, that's, that's now behind me, right? And, and our culture continues to just go further and further down this road, right? We get meaner and meaner, right? And our, 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 our tempers get shorter and shorter, don't they? Right? I mean, we see these road rage incidents and like all these, you know, situations, right? People fighting over crazy things. I literally saw a post the other day, right, about, about people getting in fights on golf courses, right, because of slow play, and, and it's, right, and it's, it's crazy how mean our culture is, right, how short-tempered we are, and, and, and yet we, you know, as we think about this, we, we, get, we should not be, have to be scared to put the church sticker on the back of our car, but we are, aren't we? Right? Because our world is not kind, and it's continuing to get worse. Right? And yet, if we give kindness, right, that it will speak incredibly loudly in our world, in our culture. I, I, I'll tell you, it's, um, again, Maureen, she's in here, so I'm to call you out, but I've watched her do this so many times, it, is that if we're in line at the grocery store checking out, or we're at a restaurant, right, with the waiter and waitress. And you notice they all have a name tag, right? Again, you can tell, and there are times when we've gone through that I've watched, and she just kind of watches them. And in those times, when we get up there, or we talk to them, she calls them by their name, and she just has a, a, just a kind conversation with them. 
And I've watched, I've watched her do it for years, as long as we've been together. Okay, and you just watch, like, their whole demeanor changes. Right? As they're standing there, they're just doing their job, and they're just used to being people just short and mean and, you know, whatever. And, and like, and then she comes, she calls them by their name, she has this conversation with them, and just their, their, whole, their whole demeanor changes. And, and, and again, just, just a moment of kindness, right, changes everything for that person that day. And again, we, we, we have messed this up, right? I mean, I've already called, I'm calling us out again, church. Okay, do you know that, and then waiters and waitresses, they hate working Sundays. Do you know why? It's because all of us go to church, and we leave church, and we go to the restaurant. Okay, and then they have to deal with us. Right? And, and because we're, we're mean, we don't tip well, right? Like we're demanding, right? There's all these kind of things. Like, like this is a real thing, church. And guess what? We have messed this up terribly, right? Because we are not representing God in a good way. Okay? We should be the kindest customers with giving the biggest tips, right? Especially after we're leaving church. Are you kidding me? Right, we've, we have messed this up. But guess what the good news is, right? That God's still kind to us and we can fix it, church. <laughs> right, and we fix it one person at a time. Right, the same way that we, we are on mission, right? To save the world one person at a time. You can fix it one, one interaction at a time. Because when you are kind, it speaks so incredibly loud in our culture. Right, Ephesians 2, verses 6 and 7. says, For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. So God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness towards us as shown in all he has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. Again, when we are united with Christ, when we receive him as a savior, when we join that journey of faith and we start this transformation process, notice he says that we will become more like Christ. And you know what? The point of this, these verses is the fact that God can point to us to, about how good and kind and loving he is. And guess what, church? Unfortunately, this is not our reputation among the unbelieving world. But it should be. Right? Because God has been so incredibly kind to us. And he continues to be. Even when we've messed it up. And we've messed up his reputation, by the way. Right? And, and yet, he's, as this verse says, right? If we are living in our faith, if we are, are even growing in ourselves and being transformed by God's spirit, letting God's spirit lead us in every part of our lives, right? As we do that, then it says, then God can point to us to show the world who he is. Can we do better, church? I hope so. I think we can. I think we should. Right? And as we look at that, right, we, there are so many ways to be kind. Right? Just, again, random acts of kindness. It's a phrase for a reason. Right? It might be as simple as just smiling to somebody right, if they're having a bad day. Opening a door for them. Right? I mean, wash their windows at the gas station. Right? Leave a bigger tip. 
right? There's so many ways to be kind, right? What kind of way can, what kind of random acts of kindness can you do, right? Again, not to glorify yourself, but to just to point to the light of Christ because our world is so incredibly dark and yet we carry the light of the Holy Spirit within us, right? And can we be kind to the world the way that God has been kind to us? Because you know what all of these verses have in common? They all describe the kindness of God first, and then how that kindness works not just into our lives, but then moves through our lives into the picture of who God is to the world. Okay, and it shows us a clear destination of where our, our journey's going, isn't it? To be more like Christ. And as we see again, this, this, this kindness, right, and, and the, the description of this, is, it's, a inner, it's about our inner heart, right, and how that affects our outward actions. And that leads to the next, the second word, right, the fruit of goodness. Okay, the fruit of goodness is the Greek word that is used for this word is agathosun. Okay, the definition of this word is very similar but slightly different than the first one. Okay, it says goodness in virtue or action, charity or benevolence or generosity. Okay, this takes the idea of kindness right, that's happening within our inner self and it moves it to the outward actions of our life. In fact, this word focuses on your outward actions. Right, it takes the, the, the character trait of, of kindness right, that is inside of each of us, and now it moves its way out. Right? Notice that this says it is goodness in virtue or action. Right? It is charity, benevolence, generosity. These are outward actions. Okay, this, is, this is us taking our kindness and putting actions to it. Right? This is what somebody describes when somebody says, hey, they are a good person. It's usually because they've experienced some of these from that person. Right? So, again, goodness is the taking the characteristic of kindness, and it has how it affects our actions. Right? In fact, goodness, as we learn, right, is that goodness does something. Okay? It is an, it's, it's actual action in our lives. Okay, we see in Romans 5, 14 through 15. It says, I am fully convinced, my dear brothers and sisters, that you are full of goodness. You know these things so well, you can teach each other all about them. Even so, I have been bold enough to write about some of these points, knowing that all you need is a reminder. Again, it's Right? He's writing to them saying, guys, you know what goodness is. You know what kindness is. You know what the love of God is. You know how the Spirit does. All these things. He's like, you know that, right? He's like, but now I'm just telling you because we need a reminder sometimes. Right? To not just get, be smarter, but to actually do it. Right? And again, kindness actually does something. Again, what is he reminding them of? He's reminding them to actually use what they know and live it out in their lives. It's, again, I've, I've taught Financial Peace University several times. One of the things they talk about in that class is the fact that within financial wellness it, is that it's 20% knowledge and it's 80% behavior. Right? The thing that really brings financial peace in your life is actually doing what you know you should do with your money by actually doing it. Again, this same concept is true in lots of other areas of our lives, not just financially. Right? We all know what we have to do to lose weight and be more fit. We all know what to do. Right? The key is our behavior. 
Right? We all know what it means to be kind and good. Right? But the difference is if we actually do it. Right? We are reminded of that. Again, yeah, we have so many people, again, in our, in our church, and our part of our faith community, as well as in the broader faith community, that do a lot of incredibly good things for God. In fact, you know, we support a lot of these different ministries, these local ministries and, and organizations. In fact, again, Lifeline Pregnancy Care Center that we're doing the baby bottles for this next month, right? They're, they're one that we support, and they do incredible kindness within, you know, to expecting mothers. Okay, and they're doing it. Right, again, as well as Fellowship of Christian Athletes, Child Evangelism Fellowship, Mission Aviation Fellowship, Launchpad, Middleton Food Pantry, these are all organizations and ministries that we support as a church that are doing it. Right? And there are people from our church that support them. We don't just, just support them financially. We have volunteers that help these organizations and, and go to do those things. Again, we split our support between local ones. These are all local ones, as well as, as with World Missions. Right? And they're, again, they're all doing some good stuff, but they are following through. And again, as they follow through, they are shining the light of Christ into the darkness of this world. Okay? Because goodness always overpowers its surroundings. Right? When we do it, then, again, it, it, the God's light shines, right? And it always overpowers its surroundings because light always overcomes darkness. Ephesians 5, verses 8 and 9 says, For once you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. So live as people of light, for this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. Our world is so dark and yet God's plan to change that is us. Because we carry the light of Christ. And by us actually following through and doing things, right, when, and, and doing the good things that God leads us to do, is that we change this world with God's light. And that's the last thing I want to point out about goodness, is that goodness actually follows through. Goodness follows through. It will see it to the end. Right? How many people have unfinished projects in your life? I have a few. Right? We're really good at not following through all the way to the end, aren't we? Right? And just like those unfinished projects in our life, so many times in our faith, we, we get caught up right? and we don't follow through all the way to the end. Right? In fact, some of, at the end of his life, Paul in his letters right, said, I have finished the race. I have done everything God's given me to do. Right? And again, we need to follow that example. Let's follow through, church. Right? Let's actually pray for the people on our 360 cards. Right? Let's actually talk to them and take, show them the goodness and kindness that God's shown us. Right? And have those conversations and find out where they are with God and, and move them forward. Right? Let's follow through. And we hope even to bring them to church if they're not going to a church. Okay, second, second Thessalonians 1 verse 11 says, So we keep on praying for you, asking our God to enable you to live a life worthy of his call. Maybe, may he give you the power to accomplish all the good things your faith prompts you to do. Again, God has done so many good things for you. Right? And because he followed through. Right? He had a plan, 
and he actually sent Jesus, and Jesus actually lived to sin this life, and he died on that cross, and he rose again, and he sent it to the Father, and he followed through. He finished that race. He accomplished that mission, right, so that we can be saved. And with that ascension, he passed that baton on to each of us, right, because God's heart is to save everyone. And guess what his plan is to do that? It's us. And God needs us to follow through. Right, first we follow through with our own faith, right, that we are transforming God's spirit. And we live out this, right, that we follow the spirit's leading in every part of our lives. And it starts with our own faith and moving forward every day. And then as we continue to follow through, as we grow, then we do what God tells us to do. Right, and we are kind and we do good, right, and we shine his light in this world. And we accomplish our mission because every believer is sent on mission. Right? And there are lots of ways, again, that we've messed this up, church. But guess what? We have the power to fix it, too, because God has given us that power. We have His Spirit living in each of us, right? And we can move the needle and make this world brighter with the light of Christ. Right, in our own lives, and as we send out to others, will we follow through, church? Can we do better, church? Can we be kind? Can we be good? Right, and can we represent God well right, in this dark world? And again, I don't know what your fate journey looks like. Your story is different than mine. Right, but I encourage you today to take a step forward today. Right, whether that's receiving Christ your Savior for the first time, receiving the Holy Spirit, right, or, or committing to, you know, to, to growing in my own faith, committing to, to following through and, and being kinder and, and to do the things that God tells me to do, to actually follow through, right, whatever it may be. Maybe today your step forward is just praising God that he's been so kind to you and that you are continuing to live that out every day. Right, and you're seeing his power. Again, I don't know where you're at in your faith journey, but I hope you'll move forward, right? That, that God will continue to harvest these things in your life. Okay, and this is my final thought today is this. Spiritual fruit deals with our motivations and your actions. And when they work together, you can be kind and good. What harvest is next in your life? Right, what's the next harvest that God has planned for you? Maybe it's your salvation. Right? Maybe it's a deeper relationship with him. Maybe it's, it's, it's a, you know, random acts of kindness. Maybe, maybe it's, you know, I don't know what it is, but what's, whatever God's asking you to do, how are you going to respond? It starts with him asking you to let him in your life and be saved, right? Rekindle that relationship. And then we continue to move forward in our journey every single day to be more like him tomorrow than I am today. Lord, we thank you today that you are always kind and you are always good. And Lord, we pray that as we go this week, Lord, that we would take a step forward in our faith journey. Lord, that we would be more like you. And Lord, we thank you for your grace and your forgiveness. Lord, in ways that we've fallen short, or ways we haven't represented you well. And Lord, I pray that as we go this week, Lord, we will continue to live our faith in every chance we have. God, that we will represent you well. We will accomplish our mission. We will follow through. God, thank you so much for being so kind to us. Lord, for being so good at following through. And Lord, we pray, Lord, that you give us the strength 
Give us the power of your spirit, God, for us to do the same. Lord, we love you. We praise you. We thank you for saving us. We thank you for transforming us. Lord, we thank you for moving us to be more and more like you every day. By giving us everything we need, God, to be transformed by your spirit. And Lord, help us this week, God, to show kindness, to show goodness. God, to shine your light in, in every conversation, in every decision, in every interaction, every relationship, Lord. We love you. We praise you for being kind to us, being so good to us. Lord, help us to do the same for the world around us. Lord, as we work to change your reputation one person at a time. Guide us as we go this week. In Jesus' name we pray.